talking about grace. Grace. Have you ever met a mountain in your life that you couldn't face? I have. Uh, Years ago, I was at Copper Mountain, which is one of the great ski resorts high up in the uh, Rocky Mountains of Colorado. And uh, on this occasion, I had decided that I was ready to try to learn how to snowboard. Do any of you snowboard here? Just, just curious. Okay, has anybody tried to learn how to snowboard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to try to learn how to snowboard today. And I got my friends, I got my snowboard, and we all went to Copper Mountain. And we took the lift all the way up to the top of Copper Mountain. This is not these bunny hills we have here in Pennsylvania. This is like a mountain, you know, and we're like top of the world and I'm ready to learn how to snowboard. And I start going down the hill and it's like two feet and I'm falling, you know, face first into the mountain. And I get up and my friends are giving me some advice and I'm like, okay, I can do this, you know. And I, I get up and I crash and I get up and I crash. And I don't know what it was. Um, snowboarding was obviously not as easy as I thought it was going to be. And I'm just not picking this up. And, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes into this, my friends have left me. And I'm on my own to try to figure this out. I'm starting to think maybe I should have taken those lessons. Because now I'm inventing new ways to get down this mountain. I am just, you know, falling forward every two feet. I get up and I fall and I get up and I fall And I did that for two hours. And I was in so much pain. Every part of my body hurt. My ankles hurt from the bindings, my wrists from falling. You know, just every part of me ached. And I'm two hours into this. And I realize I'm only halfway down the mountain. And I just can't imagine another two hours (laughs) of trying to make it down this mountain. Well... Uh, I wish I could tell you it was all worth the pain, because it wasn't. And I wish I could tell you that the story has a good ending, but it doesn't. Uh, Actually, the ski patrol came by. (laughs) I think they were feeling bad for me. And uh, they told me they were going to give me a ride on the snowmobile down to the bottom of the mountain. And I know that sounds awesome, riding on a snowmobile, but actually everybody calls it the ride of shame. And I took the ride of shame down to the bottom of the mountain uh, because I just didn't have strength to face that mountain anymore. And I wonder if in your life, if you have ever faced a mountain that you knew on your own, you didn't have the strength to face that mountain. And uh, I just think about all the, the parents who are here today and Um, those who are online and and maybe you have kids and have you ever had days as a parent where you just ran out of strength? Yeah, my wife said yesterday. (laughs) Um, Or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there's tension in your marriage. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's uh, a health battle that um, has just left you exhausted. Maybe uh, maybe it's, it's just a transition that's going on in your life, and you're just wondering, when is this all going to end? And um, what do we do when we're weak? What do we do when we're tired or when we're discouraged? How do we find the strength to face the day? It's actually one of our core values here, isn't it? Strengthening people. Where do you find the strength 
when you can't find the strength. And the answer I want to show you today is that it's the grace of God. You know what I'm talking about? And the grace of God is going to get you through. So we're in a series here at Hope on Grace. It's been an awesome series so far. And, you know, it's summer. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to Andrew's message from last week or Chick's message from the week before, be sure to go back online and listen to those messages. Because they have done a great job for us of defining the transforming power of God's grace. But today we're going to continue that study. We're going to look at how God can actually strengthen us by his grace. So if you have your Bible or or a Bible app, why don't you get that out? Why don't you turn it on and go ahead and head on over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That's where we're going to be today. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, for those of you who may not know the background of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a church that he planted. And what's happened in 2 Corinthians is that some other leaders have come into the church. They're these super leaders and they are talented and they're gifted and they've had these revelations from the Lord. They're charismatic and they're calling Paul's leadership into question. And they're pointing out some of his weaknesses. And I want you to hear how Paul responds to weakness. I want you to hear how he talks about weakness. Um, and, and, and what you're going to see is that Paul sees weakness. And it's something we all experience. He sees weakness as a powerful place to experience the grace of God. Isn't that amazing? That weakness could be a powerful place for you and me to experience God's grace in your life. So let's check this out. 2 Corinthians 12. We're going to start in verse 1. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1. This is amazing. I must go on boasting. Paul's responding to this weakness. Although there is nothing to be gained. There's nothing to be gained from, from boasting. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. He goes, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that But I will not boast about myself, except about my weakness. I'm not going to boast about myself. I'm going to boast about my weakness. Very interesting. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations... Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Series on grace. My grace 
is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Those are, you guys know words of Jesus in red? Those are the words of Jesus right here. That's really cool. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow. Let's pray. We'll dive in. Father, thanks for today. Thank you that we can gather here in Jesus' name. Thanks for what you're doing in our house here at Hope. Thanks for what you're doing online as people tune in. And uh, God, I just pray today for a revelation of your grace. Thank you for weakness. Thank you that you want to meet us in the midst of weakness. Um, Even those weaknesses we're bringing right into this moment, those areas of fear and difficulty and vulnerability, God, meet us in this moment. Meet us in the place of weakness so that we can know when we are weak, you are our strength. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, I have, what I want to show you today is that um, we can be strong in the midst of weakness. And I want to show you three ways that we can find strength in the midst of weakness. In the same ways that Paul found strength in the midst of weakness. And, uh, and I want to start with this one. And uh, if, if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, we are stronger when we acknowledge weakness. Isn't that interesting? Paul boasts in his weakness. And I just want to say today, we're actually stronger when we acknowledge our weakness. But isn't that one of the hardest things to do? To acknowledge our weakness? So hard. We don't like to... We think sharing a weakness is bad. We think weakness is bad. And... um, Even in my own life, I feel like I just have the hardest time acknowledging and admitting weakness in my life. And uh, I was thinking about an episode of The Office. I don't know if you've ever watched The Office. And there's a great scene where Michael Scott is interviewing for a position at corporate headquarters in New York City. And David Wallace, the CFO of Dunder Mifflin, He's going to interview Michael Scott. And of course, he asks those two questions. You're always going to be asked in an interview. Do you know what those are? What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? You guys ever been asked those questions? Like, you know those questions are coming. And, um, you know, of course, Michael Scott, he actually never gets to the point where he admits his weakness. And uh, this is how the conversation goes. Uh, David Wallace, he's doing the interview. David, so Michael... Let me ask you a question right off the bat. What do you think are your greatest strengths as a manager? And Michael says, why don't I tell you what my greatest weaknesses are? I work too hard, I care too much, and I can be too invested in my job. (laughs) What are your weaknesses? Oh, man, I just care too much. I work too hard. he's He's disguising his weaknesses as strengths. And don't we do that all the time? Aren't we constantly, you know, trying to show to others that we have what it takes? You know, my house is always clean. My marriage is always perfect. Um, you know, my, my personal problems are never that bad. That's what we do. It's so hard to acknowledge weakness. And I have such a hard time acknowledging weakness. 
And I just want to encourage you today that it wasn't any easier for Paul. You remember Paul's leadership here in 2 Corinthians is being questioned. And he's defending himself and he's talking to these super leaders that have been boasting about who they are. He's saying to them, you guys want to boast? You want to play that game? You want to talk about visions from the Lord? Because that's what they were bragging about. He goes, I know a man. You know who he's talking about? Himself, right. He's like, I know a guy. (laughs) And couldn't Paul have boasted about visions and revelations? You remember how he came to Christ? He had a revelation of Jesus on the Damascus Road. I'm not sure it gets any better than that, right? Jesus knocks him right off the horse. Or how about this? We're in, uh, we're in 2 Corinthians. Do you know how the church in Corinth started? you got to read about it in the book of Acts. Paul is in Corinth, and he says in Acts, he said, One night I had a vision from the Lord. And Jesus says to Paul, he says, Keep on speaking. Don't be silent, because I have many people in this city. And that's what inspired Paul to spend a year and a half teaching the word of God and planning these churches. Had he had visions, you bet. But he just goes right to the top. He goes, I'm I'm just going to share the top of the top. And that's 2 Corinthians 12.1. He goes, "If, if I must go on boasting, although there's nothing to be gained. I like that. There's really nothing to be gained from boasting. But he goes, I'll go on to visions and revelations from the Lord, because that's what they had been bragging about. He goes, I know a man who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. And you're like, Paul, tell me more. And he's like, no, no, no. Paul's saying, you want to talk about visions? I know a man 14 years ago who had an experience of heaven that was so real he couldn't tell whether he was in the body or out of the body. Saying, I know a man who experienced that. He's talking about being caught up into the literal presence of God. And he goes, I could boast about that, but I'm not going to boast about that. You know what I'm going to boast about? I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. Isn't that crazy? How many of you know We're actually stronger when we acknowledge our weaknesses. Anybody know that? Maybe you've heard the story of the Titanic. Most of us have heard that story. The Titanic is is this picture of strength. It's the unsinkable ship. And what you may not know is that on April 14th, the day before the Titanic sank, the the Titanic received not just one, not just two, but five warnings about dangerous icebergs ahead. On April 15th, the day the Titanic sank, they received the sixth and final message, dangerous icebergs ahead. And the uh, telegraph operator telegraphs this message back. Shut up, I'm busy. 30 minutes later, the Titanic hit the iceberg and began to sink. Titanic was a strong ship, but it would would have been an even stronger ship if it could have simply acknowledged weakness. 
See, the greatest danger in our life is not acknowledging our weakness. To use a, a Paul Tripp term, the greatest danger in our life is the delusion of strength, isn't it? Isn't that when we're most vulnerable? And it's actually a great weakness to not be able to acknowledge a weakness. That is the titanic error right there. Because when we're trying to be strong, we're not finding God's strength. When we're our provider, we're not allowing God to provide for us. When we think we have all the answers, we're not receiving that wisdom from above. So there are no unsinkable ships out there. We all have weakness. And the best thing we can do is to simply acknowledge our weakness. Because it's when we come to the end of our weakness that we've begun to experience the beginning of God's strength. And I just want you guys to know, me as your pastor, I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out, especially in this season of trying to lead, you know, coronavirus, all that, guys. I don't have it all figured out. I need Jesus every single day. And it is such a powerful thing for us to be able to admit our weakness. We're stronger, stronger when we can acknowledge weakness. Number two, if you're taking notes, number two, we're stronger when we pray. We're stronger when we pray. And I I believe this with all of my heart. I believe I have more strength to face the day if I start my day in prayer. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your life before. You start your day in God's word, praying. I don't know what it is. I'm stronger when I pray because it connects me to God. He's my strength through the day. And we're talking here about acknowledging weakness. I can't think of a better entry point for acknowledging weakness than to acknowledge our weakness before the Lord in prayer. Doesn't God already know us? Doesn't he already know our weaknesses? Absolutely. I love Psalm 103.14. David prays. He says this about God. He says, God knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. See, God's not up there treating us like we're strong. He's up there. He already knows our weakness. And the very best thing we can do when we come before him is to begin to pour out our heart, to begin to express our weaknesses before the Lord. And God meets us in that place of weakness. He understands our weakness. There's no better place to acknowledge weakness than before God in prayer. And and we see that's what Paul does. If you're following along, verse 7 Paul begins to talk about his prayer life. And he says, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was giving a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take take it away from me. So Paul says, I was given a thorn in the flesh. Three times I asked God to take it away from me. It's actually called, did you see this? Did you hear? It's, It's actually called a messenger of Satan. Right? This is no joke here. Um, it's something, it's, it's in a sense demonic, and it's tormenting Paul. It's painful. It's demonic. And there's a lot of speculation as to what this thorn could be, and I'm just going to read through some of the ideas out there, but we really don't know. If you want to go and study it, you know, maybe you'll 
maybe you'll come up with an idea, but, but people have said it could be a physical ailment. It could be depression. It could be headaches. It could be malaria. It could be a speech impediment. Sometimes it's interpreted in light of Galatians 4, where it's, a, it's an eye disease. Or maybe this thorn in the flesh is a person. Maybe it's somebody who's persecuting him. Maybe the thorn in the flesh are the super leaders. <laughs> you know, like, we really don't know. But what stuck out to me was the word torment. Anybody ever experienced that in your life? A tormenting weakness. And Paul says, I pleaded with the Lord three times. God, take this away from me. Three times. That's just the Hebrew way of saying over and over again, God, get this out of my life. God, help me. God, take care of this. Any of you ever prayed that prayer before? Just help. You know, I know I have. What are you praying about today? What's that area of weakness that's tormenting you in this moment? And I don't want you to ever underestimate the power of bringing that weakness before the Lord in prayer. Because we're actually stronger when we pray, aren't we? Prayer is a powerful place of strength. Because the only one in the entire universe that has the power to help us in our weakness is the Lord. Hebrews 4.16, Chick quoted it a few weeks ago, and it should fill our heart with confidence as we pray. It says... Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. What's our confidence as we pray? God's going to answer all of our prayers just like we want it? That's not what he says. He says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is, what you can, this is the confidence you can have when you pray. It's a confidence that goes, I don't know if God's going to take this away from my life. Did he take this thorn away from Paul? No, he didn't. It's a confidence that says, I don't know if God's going to take this away. It's a confidence that says, I don't know how God is going to use this in my life. But it's a confidence that says, that's based on the promise of God's word, that when I bring my weakness to God in prayer, I'm going to receive a mercy and a grace that's going to help me in my time of need. That's the confidence you can have. And sometimes that's God getting you out of a tough situation, and sometimes that's God strengthening you in the midst of that situation. And he does both. But you're never going to find that strength if you never Ask God if you never go to that place of prayer. Prayer always brings God into our story. Amen? We're stronger when we pray. And I just want to ask you guys, pray for me. I got a text this morning. I'm praying for you. Because I am in a season that's challenging me, and many days I simply feel inadequate. So pray for me. And I'll pray for you. The elders will pray for you. You know, reach out. Let us know. Because we need each other. And we need to pray for one another. Because we're stronger when we pray. So, number one, how do we find strength? It starts with acknowledging weakness. Number two, we're stronger when we pray. Last one, 
We are stronger when we grab on to God's amazing grace. We're stronger when we grab on to God's amazing grace. And this is the best part of this passage. Jesus says, you're going to stay in that place of weakness, but I'm going to give you my strength. Look at verse 7. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Whatever you're going through today, you need to understand that God's grace is enough. The grace of God is going to get you through. And the weakness you're experiencing right now is the, exactly the place where God wants to display his strength in your life. For my power, God says, is made perfect in weakness. In other words, it's in our weakness that we're going to experience the full measure of God's strength. And so Paul actually says, I boast in weakness. I delight in weakness. Because when I'm weak, I'm strong. Because God is the strength in me. His grace, Paul says. Jesus says his grace is sufficient for you. We've talked a lot about grace over the last few weeks. Um, You know, what is grace? This grace is sufficient. What is that grace? And I think we've all heard of grace. We all have this concept of grace, this idea of grace. But grace is so much more than just an idea. Grace is the power of God in our life, changing us and making us more like Jesus. Grace is active. It's powerful. Um, I want to go back to the definition Chick gave us. He said, grace is the merciful kindness of God, exerting his holy influence. Exerting. This is God's powerful work in your life. It turns us to Christ, strengthens and increases us in the Christian faith. So whenever we receive the grace of God in truth, God's power begins to change us and make us more like his son. I think it's like the ocean. Um, Our family was just at Ocean City, Maryland. Anybody been out to the ocean this summer? It's just, man, getting out there, Ocean City a few weeks ago. It was one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. And, you know, these waves are coming in. They're crashing in on the shore. And we're, we're there looking for shells. And... And the first day we're there in Ocean City, Maryland, the waves brought in this living starfish. I didn't even know you could find a starfish this far north in the Atlantic. But right there, there was a living starfish. Pulled it out. And, uh, of course, the kids were so excited to check out this uh, this starfish. Other kids come by, and they're checking it out. And then, uh, you know, somebody nearby, they they pull out a, um, a horseshoe crab. You ever seen one of those? Aren't those like the creepiest creature you've ever seen. You know, I don't, I don't really do that, but out further in the distance, you see the dolphins jumping in the water. It's like wave after wave, and then, you know, there was this big storm. And the storm passed, and we went out to the beach, and we're in these powerful waves. And I, I looked down in the water, and the ocean no joke, brought me a pair of brand new Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> Isn't that the craziest thing? I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And uh, that's what grace is like, guys. It's wave after wave. I'll tell you what, man, pastor, 
I am never going to be able to earn a pair of brand new $150 Ray-Ban sunglasses. <laughs> but, but it's grace, right? And all I had to do was reach out and pull it out of the water. See, grace isn't for those who earn it as a reward. Grace is for the unworthy who receive it as a gift. And that's God's grace in, in our life. And it's like the ocean. It's wave after wave of grace flowing into our life. And I just want to challenge you today to grab hold of the grace of God. <coughs> grab hold of, of salvation. His death on the cross for your sins. The new life we have in Christ. A new relationship with God. Grab hold of that today. Because here's what's so incredible about grace. That same grace that saves you is the grace that's going to transform you. It's the grace that's going to strengthen you. It's wave after wave. Grace flowing into our life. Grace is an ocean. Grab hold of his grace today. It's not for those who earn it. It's for those who simply reach down and receive it as a gift. That's God's love for you today. So what is weakness? I'm talking about weakness. Guys, weakness, this is all weaknesses. Weakness is just a stage for God to display his grace in our life. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Why? So that Christ's power may, may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. In insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. You're experiencing some difficulty in your life. Paul says, for when I am weak, then I'm strong. In other words, weakness isn't something to be shunned in our life. Weakness is an invitation to experience God's grace. And the greatest story in your life, it is not your circumstances. The greatest story in your life is God's amazing grace. And his grace is always enough. And his grace will always be with you. So how do you find strength? Acknowledge weakness. Grab hold of, sorry, yeah, acknowledge weakness. Pray. Don't leave prayer out of it. That's a way of connecting us to God. And number three, grab hold of God's amazing grace. And I just think today, Many of us are here in this room and online. And you're in a place of needing God's grace in your life. And that could be um, your health. That could be a situation at work. It could be a transition. It could be any number of things. And you're just asking yourself, how am I going to get through this? And the answer is his grace. It's his grace. And his grace is going to get you through. Grace, I'm sorry, weakness, excuse me, weakness is exactly the place where God wants to meet you today. Do you believe that? It's in our weakness. Come on, right now, it's the place he wants to meet you. And it's the very place that he has chosen to display his surpassing strength in your life. And so all across the room today, here at home and online, let's pray. Let's go to God. Let's acknowledge our weakness before him. God, 
we are weak. We are weak, but you are strong. We have sin, we have struggles, but you are perfect. And your perfect love casts out all of our fears. Thank you that you know us. You know our weakness. You know our frame. And I just ask today, in this moment, God, come and meet us in this place. We're calling on the name of the Lord. Yes, God, we need your grace. We need your presence. I know, God, that there's nothing that I could ever do to earn your grace. I know I've fallen short of your perfect standard. So God, maybe this is your prayer today. Come into my life. I receive your grace as a gift. And would you save us and would you change us and would you strengthen us for every battle that we face? I pray for wisdom for those who need wisdom. And I pray for healing those who need healing. And I pray for strength in the midst of weakness. And that oftentimes is the greatest display of your presence in our life. So do, God, what we could never do on our own. And we ask that today in Jesus' name. Amen.